You know, this morning, I, I'm really grateful that God has given us another privilege to be found in the house of worship. How many of you were challenged with the wind last night? Anybody was challenged with the wind last night? I was challenged with the wind last night. I just thought to say that I felt if I asked that, uh, I can remember seeing you in a line at McDonald's. But anyway, power was out. Uh, I think uh, more on the coastline probably didn't have power. I didn't have power. Uh, well, I had power. My house didn't have power. There was no electricity. So uh, I wasn't able to cook, or, or not that I cooked, but I wasn't able to. Uh, Pastor Jerry wasn't able to cook, and all, you know, all the good stuff when you have the electricity on. It, it's comfortable having it on. I know many a times we would put on our fan or AC, or how many of you would sit on your sofa, your couch, and watch television. Uh, last night they had an awesome football game going on, I believe, and uh, I think for greater things, uh, you know, there's other things that you could have done with your electricity on at home. However, we were unfortunate, and we got a call that some of the things were flying away over here. Just don't take our church away. So we came, and uh, Pastor Jay and the boys were trying to make some uh, alterations, knowing that our tents and so forth were flying around. I had to do that back home, too, with my some of my tarps and covering and so forth. And I started to think in my mind, man, I didn't get this memo of this wind about to be blowing through our island. I, I didn't get the memo. I was probably too busy, caught up doing other things. Didn't get the memo about all the rain and stuff. How many of you didn't get the memo? Okay, a whole bunch of us didn't get the memo. So when it happened, it took us by surprise. Isn't that true? When it happened, you were caught unaware. And I'd like to just touch that and then move in a message. But I tried to remind myself that I always need to be aware of my surroundings, of my environment, of what is about to take place and what might happen even if it's not here yet so that I could maybe tie down my tents get enough bungees, get the straps that I need, put away all the loose items that I now have to go pick up in my yard. Come on, somebody. I have to go trim my tree, be sure that my mangoes are not hanging in my neighbor's yard because they might claim it. They can have the leaves and the branches, but give me back my fruit. You know what I'm saying. You know, it's the same way, it's the same thing in our walk of life. The things that we go through, the things that we experience, and many a times, we don't expect it to happen. But it does. Many times we don't expect what we're about to confront, but it's there right now facing us. So how do we deal with it? Man, I saw branches all over the road. I saw rubbish cans that should have been in people's yards on the road. Rubbish all over the place. I saw the lights flashing, which should have been controlled. But power outage, it was gone. Once in a while, I do go to the chiropractor, and he tries to align my spine. 
And he does certain things to me. And at the very end, on his whatever his last movement is, he touches us and he touches me and he says, power on. Last night I was waiting for the power on, but I fell asleep with the power off. But the power was still on inside of me. So amidst the challenge, and, and what I'm trying to say, the point I'm trying to make is, amidst the adversity, the challenge, and the things that we face, you need to power on. You need to know where the source of power is, where it comes from, and who the power is all about inside of you. Many a times we might think it's about you. Uh, it, it is happening uh, because of you. It's not happening because of you. It's happening because of Christ Jesus inside of you. Tell your neighbor right beside you, power on. Now the power on doesn't have anything to do with what my message is today because we've been talking about what, what is our theme there and it says to strive in the spirit and, and I took several uh, key points that I believe that God wants us to know and learn and how we can strive. How many of you remember the first message that we talked about? What was our first part of striving the spirit? It spoke about what? Focus. Somebody say focus. Tell your neighbor, remain focused. What was the second part? I think we talked about it last week. What was the second part? About a design? It was with a P, pattern. Somebody say pattern. Also with pattern, you had the word example, illustration. Something to follow, a painted picture. This morning, I'm going to speak to you about work. Is that okay? Oh, why work? The scripture will say, as we'll begin to read it, if you don't work, you don't eat. How many of us love to eat? 99.9% <laughs> of us love to eat, but not everybody wants to work. So I'm going to talk about work this morning. I hope you're ready for it. Come on, ask somebody beside you. Are you ready for it? I, I hope you came with excitement. Strive in the spirit by work. Work, it means to labor with your own hands. Oh, pastor, don't break this down. To do something that will cause you to receive what you didn't have. Wages means to receive a compensation earned by laboring. So work brings forth an income. It gives you a reward. Tell your neighbor, get to work. <laughs> Is everybody up this morning? Okay, don't talk to your neighbor. Talk to somebody else because they're not paying attention to you. Tell them again, get to work. On the day of my big job, this young man said, on his day of his interview, he woke up late, frantically threw on a suit, and he said, oh, no. He thought to himself, himself, my tie, my dad was out of town, and there was no one here to help me. He says, for the life of himself, he didn't know how to tie a tie. He grabbed a tie and ran out of the door anyhow. And he saw this doorman there welcoming people in, escorting people out. He said, excuse me, sir. I, he said to the man, 
I have a very important job interview. Can you please help me make this tie? I don't know how to do it. Sure, the man at the door said, just lie down on this bench. Hmm. If someone was going to help me and I wasn't going to ask any questions because I needed the help, I'll just go ahead and do it. So he did. After he was finished, I just asked, had to ask him, why did you ask me to lie down? The man replied, well, in my previous job, I learned how to tie ties on other people when they were lying down. It got more inter interesting to find out what his last job was. How many of you would ask the question? How many of you would run away? So I asked, sir, what was your previous job? And I asked it really out of curiosity. The man answered, I used to manage at the funeral service. So that means he only tied ties on those. Tell your neighbor, get to work and stay busy. Let's go to scripture and let's find out what God says or what he wants us to learn about work. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Let's start at verse number 6. I'm reading NLT. Thank you. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the traditions they receive from us. For you know that you ought to be or ought to imitate us we're not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We work hard day and night so we would not be burdened to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow, and we studied that last week in example. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Can you help me say that last part of that scripture? Those who are not willing to work will not get to eat. Let's say that one more time. Those who are not willing to work will not get to eat. So before I dive into this part, let me give it to you in a spiritual sense as well. Because we understand laboring normally takes the things that we do with our hands and uh, some of us with our mouths and with our minds, some with our feet. But this laboring is also to do the work of the Father. To begin to share the gospel, spread the gospel, either through testimony, by example, or by word or message. It's to get busy doing, occupying yourself for Jesus or for the kingdom's sake. Many a times we never want to do what is expected of us to do because we have to really do something that causes us to be uncomfortable. How many of you know work takes labor? Now, I've been in a construction field for over 20 years. I know what it is to labor. 
And I love to labor. I love to work. And the scripture was telling us, even Paul says, he says, if, if, if there's any among you, he said, be careful about those that have idle hands that are just like this most of the time and never like this. Now that can be described both ways, in the natural physically, or it can be done spiritually where you never want to occupy or allow yourself to study the word so that you can do the word of what the word is expecting you and I to do. What is the word of God expecting you and I to do? Key number one, the word of God is expecting me to become fruitful so that you can bear more fruit. Number two, so that you can be a living example for others to follow. And number three, so you can be a testimony and a witness of the gospel. Let me read a few scriptures in the book of Proverbs, what it says about work. Proverbs 12, verse 14 reads, Wise words bring many benefits, and hard work brings what? Rewards. Anybody up for rewards? How about promotions? Anybody looking for something greater than what they have already? In order for you to have it, you have to see it in a spirit realm and claim it done so that it could be done and received in the natural. Amen? So the scripture reads again, wise words bring many benefits and hard work brings reward. So it's good for us to have wise words or receive words of wisdom and advice. But it's also good for us to practice what we have received. Proverbs 12, 24, same chapter in verse 24. It says, work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become, help me read it this morning. Be lazy and become a slave. Work hard and become a what? A leader. But be lazy and become a slave. How many of you want to be slaves? Not one of us want to be a slave. I would rather be a leader. I would rather be the person that helps set illustrations. The only way that can be done is when we receive wise words, we don't sit on it. We allow it to manifest in our life. We begin to become doers. Somebody say the word doers. I'm a doer of the word of God. So it changes the way you think. It changes the way you see life. It changes the way you face challenges and how adversities come. It changes your whole mentality of how to do things. It causes you to step out of the comfort zone. Get out of the comfort zone. Sometimes we need to stay out of the comfort zone completely. You know comfort zones, you know what that means, right? You're so comfortable that you don't want to do anything else. You want to just sit and relax and enjoy the message. Sit and relax what God has done, is done, but we never want to do anything else for him. Lazy people? Oh, excuse me. It says, but be lazy and become a slave. Let me go to another scripture. Same chapter, Proverbs 12, verse 27. 
Help me read it. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch. But delight, but diligent make use of everything they find. Lazy people don't even cook the game that they catch or prepare it. But diligent make use of everything they find. One more scripture in the book of Proverbs. Is everybody okay? <laughs> Proverbs 20, 12, 28. It says, the way of the godly leads to life. The path does not lead to death. The way of the godly leads to what? That path does not lead them to death. The death that we're talking about is not the first death. We're talking about the second death. Because it is appointed for man once to die, and then comes the judgment. But I did clearly state to you, according to Scripture, if you are born again, you will not be judged. Judgment, you bypass judgment. Judgment is only bought to those who are unruly, who live a life in evilness, or, or wickedness, should I say. Those who just stay in a comfort zone and never want to be diligent in being a disciplined individual. It's a big, huge difference. It's a huge difference for those who are disciplined in Christ and for those who are unruly. Let me continue the scripture again as we begin to read from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Let me start reading here from verse... Number 11. Yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. Notice, you can't go anywhere if your car is in a neutral gear. Isn't it true? You end up staying at the same place. You can't get to your destiny if you stay in neutral. <clears throat> Any of your cars broke down because your transmission didn't want to go into gear? Something's wrong with this, with this linkage or transmission. I have it in drive, but it doesn't move. You may be in a church. You may be in a setting of receiving. But when the message is coming, the motors get started. The engines are started. You see where you need to go, but you don't do anything about it. You stay in an idle area. So Paul was yet encouraging us. He says, yet we hear that some of you are living idle lives. Now, I'm still in the theme to strive in the spirit. Okay, somebody stay with me now. We understood that last week we talked about pattern and the week before that we talked about focus. But when it comes to work, every single person is challenged with this word, work. Why? Because you have to make sacrifices. You have to do things that may be challenging to you. It's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to sweat. Well, let me just say, that's the way. God allowed the world to be now because of the fall of Adam and Eve. The Bible says for men, now you will sweat from your brow. You women, when you give birth, you will go through some pain. 
That's the way it is. Also, there's a scripture that also says, women, from now on, you will submit and surrender your life to your, your husband. Your husband will be the head over you. We've been teaching that in marriage class recently. And the wife said, amen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the husband said, hallelujah. Oh, we still have hallelujahs. See, but men, we cannot be an airhead and mislead them, misguide them, misdirect them. We need to be the head because we understand what our role is and our responsibility is. So what Jesus is telling us this morning is we need to do something about what we receive. What are you hearing? What is God speaking into your heart? See, the message come to enlighten you, encourage you. Really, I'm here to really push you forward, onward and upward. Not to cause you to be offended with me because I'm telling you, get to work. You need to get busy. Sometimes it gets a little bit challenging. You have to drive through the weather. You have to make some sacrifices and park far and walk long. You have to put in extra hours when everybody else goes home. Can I get any man, somebody? You have to give a little bit more when they're not paying you enough to cover what you're doing. Sometimes it's just so challenging. But Jesus begins to encourage us. Verse 12 says, We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and work to earn their own living work. What does work have to do? you got to strive. See, many of us want promotions, but we never want to go the extra effort or make the extra effort. We, we never want to go the extra hour or the extra mile. We, we actually want to cut back. When the buzzer says 3.30, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, we want to go home a little bit earlier and still expect the promotions. Really, what I want to get to this morning is talking about the work of the Lord. The work that Jesus has done and the examples that he set, the patterns that he made or he did for you and I to follow. I remember when Jesus was found in the synagogue, and I've been saying this for the past several weeks. His mother and father found him three days afterwards. Just imagine three days. Where did they find him? Found him in the church. Found him in the synagogue. What was he doing there? He was being educated and educating those that were in the house of worship. Now this is what his answer was when his mother and his father said to him, Jesus, don't you know that we've been looking for you for three days? We had to turn around and come all the way back. Why did you do this to us? And Jesus turned to his parents and told them, Why were you looking for me? Twelve years old now. Why were you looking for me? I was doing the will of my father. See, you get challenged by coming to church. You get challenged when you read your Bible. You get challenged when someone looks at you in the restaurant or in a public and you're, you're kneeling or you're with your family holding hands and praying. You get challenged by all sorts of things when people seeing you do something that is uncommon. 
But listen, don't be, pay any attention to that. Don't bother about that. Don't get distracted. Don't allow yourself to be hindered. You know who you are and what your Father has done for you. You know by God's grace that He's given you life and He's given to you over and abundantly. You know that when you give God praise, wherever you may be, or you stand in a gap with someone, believing with them for a breakthrough in their life, it doesn't have to be in a church setting. It doesn't have to be in a secret area or secluded area. You can be right in the public and you can still do the work of the Lord. You know, right now, you have some people around you, and many of them are your family members. Some of them are your co-workers, people that you hang out with throughout the day, maybe even after work. They're watching to see what patterns and illustrations you set so that they could follow. They're not saying anything to you, but the Holy Spirit is still saying to you, be careful, remain focused, watch the words that you say. Be careful of your company, those that may be speaking things into your ears. If you know that it's not of me, cut it off. Well, you may not just be rude to just cut them off there, but learn how to walk away from these things that will entice you or tempt you to participate with things that are ungodly. You are doing the work by doing that. Isn't that cool? Can we give God a big clap offering? You know, he's teaching us simple things, things that are really common if we just allow ourselves to settle down. You know, many a times I always believe this. My father taught this to me as well. You don't eat before you work. You eat. After the work is done. I remember one of the first times I worked with my father-in-law. Pastor Jerry and I were just kind of, you know, going to school and being, we were friends about that time. And they were going to pour a big slab in there at their home. He said, hey, you want to come up and give my father a hand? And I said, what is he going to do? He said, he's going to pour his cement. And I was thinking in my mind. That is my proving factor right there. <laughs> so somebody learned this now, okay? I said, sure. What time do you think he's going to get started? Now, Dad, was a very, he is a very hard-working construction man. So she said, I think they might get started maybe 6 o'clock, 6.30. For real? <laughs> P.M.? And I said, no, sure, I'll be there. Got up early that morning, paddled my bike all the way up the valley, and I was waiting for work, ready to go. And I said within my heart, I'm going to give them my all today. I'm going to do the very best so that he would be able to see that I'm not a person to take advantage of anyone. As we were working throughout the day, mixing cement and putting in a wheelbarrow and, and pouring it, we just began to go from portion to portion to portion to portion. I kind of wondered, man, morning went by really fast. 
Then it was afternoon. And we were kept on pushing and pushing to get this thing done. And next thing I know, it's about 3 o'clock. And we're still going. We're still going. Then I heard my father-in-law, my dad say, all right, let's all stop. We noticed right about that time that we got done, we got cleaned up to eat, the whole slab was completely poured. And I felt good that I stuck it out to the very end. How many of you guys gave up? That's why you're not with the family. I was glad that I pursued and I kept going forward and I kept going. I gave it my very best shot. But on the way home paddling my bike, I was tired. I was tired. But then we talked on the phone, she said, you know, and he did thank me then. But she got on the phone and called me. She said, you know, my dad really said, thank you very much for coming out and giving me a hand. I said, score two points. <laughs> now I feel a little bit, you know, comfortable. I can, you know, kind of go up there. He kind of know who I am. If he needs me to do something for him, I'll just jump in and do it. You know, God looks at us the same way. He looks at what do you have to present back to him? What do you have to, to honor him and give him glory? He's not looking for everything that you got, but there's something inside of you that God can use to glorify himself. What gift that God has given to you? Maybe some of you can do things with your hands that other people cannot do. Use it for the kingdom of God. Use it to declare God's praises. You might be a person that has good focus or good vision. Use it on one of the cameras. That the message that is being preached every, almost every day, that someone would be able to be ministered to something that you are a part of doing. You might have a big smile on your face. Use it to welcome people into the house of God. You might love cars. Use it to help park cars in the parking lot. What gifts do you have? What talents do you have? Some of you like to just work and just get on, get a few tools and, you know, help somebody fix their car or, you know, be a part of pushing the lawnmower or, you know, just be a service in, in just doing something for the kingdom. The Bible says, God built you, made you the way you are. And the gifts that you have was given to you for his pleasure. That he might be glorified in and through your life. You Many times we feel guilty about not using our talents to glorify God. Many times we use our talents and gifts to bring praise to ourselves. To maybe start our own business. Maybe start our own company. Maybe start our own clothesline, or whatever it may be, etc. But what about using some of those things for the kingdom of God, or the Ohana Okeakua, the family of God? 
The, God, the, uh, the Bible says, freely you receive, why not freely you give? There's something in every single person that God has placed that he might be glorified in and through. Can we give Jesus a big clap offering? Verse 13 goes like this. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, notice that words, dear brothers and sisters, that means we are family. Never get tired of doing good. Don't get tired. Keep on going. Keep on moving. Keep on striving. Now, not just not not just in the natural or the common, strive in the spirit. Verse 13 says, take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so they will be ashamed or recognize the embarrassment. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or a sister. Warn them. Isn't that cool? God gives us a warning. He just doesn't sentence or penalize us. How many of us are grateful for that word called grace? You and I would not be here. Had it not been for grace, you and I would not be here. All that you have already came from God. You need to recognize that. You need to realize that every gift, every good and perfect gift, cometh down from our Father of lights. He's made it possible for you and I to be here so that we would receive wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But even further than that, you and I could receive revelation and clarity. We can go a little bit further than where we were yesterday. But tomorrow is never promised. When is salvation? Today. Today is the day of salvation. So I want to encourage you this morning. Strive in the spirit. Pursue in the spirit. Don't give up. Don't get tired. If you get a little tired, stop. Drink some water. Let it refresh you. How I many of you get thirsty at times? You need to stop, get some water. The Bible says, Jesus said, if you are thirsty, come to me. The water that I would give you to drink, you will never again thirst. For out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Tired can also mean that you get distracted from hearing the word of God or from being present with the body of Christ. Among the body of Christ is where you gain strength. We're learning what it is to care for fish so that the fish would help us produce good vegetation and vice versa. We notice how they swim. But as where they're swimming at times, there's one or two that claim to be the boss. And the one that claimed to be the boss, we watch them carefully, how they, watch, how they do things. The boss at times never want to do the work. The boss wants everybody else to do the work. But the boss stays back 
And he pursued those, get to work, get to work, get to work. And the boss is the one that has authority. So we put a thing called a house inside the pond. And we watched to see, out of all the fish, which one would go into the house. Guess what? Which one goes into the house? Excuse me? The boss. But all the other fish want to get into the house too because they found that, find that inside of the house, there's protection. There's comfort. The outside elements are not able to see them. So that boss stays in the house. The boss sometimes get out of the house and he persuades the others. So the others see that the boss is not in the house. They quickly try to swim in the boss's position inside the house. But as soon as the boss knows that somebody's in there, the boss swims right back to the house. And what does he do? He doesn't have to do much because the rest know Who's the boss? Jesus is the light. He is the boss of our souls. And all he's encouraging you and I is to do his will and his work. We can overthrow the kingdom, but we can help build the kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. Building the kingdom takes sacrifice. Building the t- kingdom takes extra effort. Building the kingdom sometimes takes a lot of encouragement because sometimes we get a little bit weary and tired. Bible says, all they who labor and are heavy laden, he said, come unto me. He said, I will give you my yoke upon you. Put my yoke upon you. My burden is light. Jesus said, and I will teach you all of these things. As I read these scriptures in closing comments, you heard it said before, no pain. You heard it said before from the best that said, sit it and believed it. You always heard it from the best coaches, from the best players. And I heard Deacon Mark mention, it's the Steelers and the Cowboys, who he said. He said, <laughs> Steelers and uh, Patriots? Well, they're finalizing this, and we're going to celebrate Super Bowl within another couple of weeks. I hope that you make every effort to come on out and join in with us during that service. Because whatever team you're for, we ask you to dress in that colors. Whatever team you're for, dress in that colors. Somehow, my team always wins every year. Every year, I walk out celebrating. Somehow, my team always wins. Is it because I change during halftime or what? <laughs> President Donald Trump today, President Donald Trump, he's not no more president-elect. I hope you watched the inauguration. I did, and I was tremendously blessed. Because this was the very first time he had five ministers pray over him. One was number one, the greatest evangelist in our history and time. Dr. Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, 
prayed over Donald Trump. One was the only woman that was there as pastor. She was that woman at the same time, several years ago, laid her hands on me, Pastor Paula White. They had a, 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 a priest, I believe it was, was from Israel. He was one, a rabbi, excuse me. And another one was a bishop. And not, another one was a pastor, a Hispanic pastor. I was just totally blessed to see that happening in my time, in my generation, that I can glorify God, that God was about to do something great. In our eyes that we can see this happen. Well, in President Donald's inauguration speech, he made this statement and he spoke it very loud. He says, we will work together to make America great again. How many of you heard that? And when he said that, it caught my heart because it lined up with what God wanted me to teach this morning. And he spoke that on Friday morning. He says, we, our president, said now today, in our time, I mean, we will work together to make America great again. You know, when he said those words, the applause went rapidly that couldn't be controlled. America rose up. America stood up, and it was almost like George Washington speaking of President Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, speaking that message. We will make America great. But Donald Trump says, President Donald Trump, excuse me, said, together we will make America great again. And those words stands out to me today. It caused me to wonder in my heart, in my mind, Lord, here I am. Use me. If you can use anyone or anything, use me. If there's something that I could do to help build your kingdom, kingdom, here I am. Use me. How many of us would have that same words within our heart to be spoken today? Can I see your hands? Anybody here? I'll close with this scripture. In the Amplified Translation, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 15, and it reads, Therefore, my beloved brethren, help me read it. Can you help me? Can you stand on your feet and help me read this? This is a, a, my closing scripture here. And I, I believe with all my heart that many of us need to be challenged with with words of enthusiasm or words of excitement or words that will persuade us to go forward. I'd like for all of us to look at the, the, the screens this morning or your Bible and let's read this knowing that God is saying something to you and I right now. Help me read it and it goes, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, Always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or 
to no purpose. Can we now give God a big clap offering? As I close today, I'd like to challenge you. I'd like to push you forward. I'd like to encourage you. There's something that you believe in God for. There's something beside that God is saying He wants to use you for. If you believe that right now, can you just lift your hand with me? God wants to use you in that area. With your hands being raised, all I want you to do is say this prayer together with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you today for allowing me to receive this word, to strive in the spirit by working. Here I am. If you can use anything, use me. Not just part of me, but all of me. And I believe you will empower me. You will anoint me. And you will cause me to do exactly what you called me to do or to be. So here I am. Take all of me and use me for your glory to build and establish your kingdom. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. With those same hands, lift it up and give God a big clap offering. Can we sing that worship? If you can use, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use Let's me. surrender this to the Father. If you can use, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use, you can use anything, Lord. Can we have all the men, all the male voices, just the men? Come on, brothers, sing it. If you can use, you can use anything, Lord. You can use. Come on, brothers, you can do better than that. If you can use you anything, can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Here we go, man. Lift your hands to the Father. Tell him. Take my hands. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart. Touch Lord. my heart, Lord. Speak to me. Tell him once more. If you can use anything, Lord. Glory. Come on, just our sisters. Me. All the women in the house. Sing, sisters. Tell them, tell them, tell them. Let this be our prayer. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Take my hand and my feet. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Touch Lord. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak to me. You can use you anything. You can use anything, Lord. You Come on, let's all join in. Me. Give God glory. Tell him this morning. If you can use if you anything, can use anything Lord, can you come on, surrender it all. If you can use, if you anything, can use Lord, anything, Lord, can you 